Welcome back to Beers and Careers. Your host, Mark Agostinelli. Um, and as always, Beers and Careers is brought to you by the Davis Companies, a technical staffing firm focused on IT, engineering, and manufacturing uh, professionals um, all over the country. Check them out, www.daviscos.com. That's D-A-V-I-S-C-O-S.com. Today, the guest is Christian Apollon, and uh, we had a time. Uh, I think this is one of um, the best we've uh, we've yet to produce. Um, he's an awesome guy with a ton of energy, a lot of insightful thought. We talked about confronting reality, uh, why everything kind of starts to work out in your career um, by just putting two feet in front, one foot in front of the other, excuse me, and uh, and how it applies to raising children, um, affecting our community, and uh, just being better every day. So. I really enjoyed this conversation. I really hope that you get the uh, the same excitement that I did um, after just digesting the conversation with Christian. So um, please enjoy. Well, we'll kick it off. Let's let's kick this off, man. Um, first off, Christian Apollon, thank you for coming on Beers and Careers, my friend. My pleasure, man. It's an honor to be on here with you, Mark. Oh, really pumped to have you. Um, Timing couldn't be perfect for a podcast called Beers and Careers. Uh, Christian and I, a little background. I'm going to let Christian give you the uh, Reader's Digest version of his background in a second. But just a little side note, Christian and I started working together um, where I was the vendor at, uh, and he was a client. And uh, we kind of hit it off um, from the business acumen side, but then also had a lot of value system stuff that was very aligned and uh and just guys loving to talk to each other. Just good Come on, man. That's it. That's and it. so uh, he just informed us, though, that he just took a new role 24 hours ago. So uh, the timing <laughs> could not be more perfect, and we're pumped to have you on. Come man. on. Thanks, man. It's, it's, it's awesome to be here, man. So, yeah, looking forward to the rest of this conversation for sure. Awesome. awesome. So um, part of Beers and Careers, we do a quick rapid fire just to get a litmus test of our, our, our uh, guest and uh, – Mom. And uh, and let the audience get to know you. So, what is Christian Apollon's favorite cocktail or drink? Have- All right. So, I mean, I like to keep it simple. I'm talking gin and tonic, probably yeah. Hendrix. Um, uh, I will tell you, man. There's two drinks that I had recently. One from uh, uh, Bullfinches. Shout out to Bullfinches. Called Go Figure. Okay. This drink is legit and yeah. uh, there was another one from um uh 110 grill in hopkinton yeah they got this they got this empress uh gin it's like this purple looking thing i, I feel like i should be getting like some royalties or some sponsorship for even you saying should. this stuff but shout out to those guys um but yeah i like to keep it clean with the gin and tonic yeah, i like it i like it um, <laughs> fun fact uh christian and i when we first met each other, too, had no idea. Had no idea we would end up living in the same town. So now we live less than a mile apart. So this is that one ten grill. Uh, we both frequent it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hilarious. Um, I know you've you've got um, an almost three year old son, an eight week daughter, an eight week old daughter. Eight week old. But, but what's your favorite curse word? Ah, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that, man. I, I, I feel like I'm boring when it comes to, to curse words because I, I really don't have. You curse. are. You're I, one of those friends I've got that honestly, you keep it tight. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I will say, I will say um, uh, 
the 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 one that I've used most recently was damn it, and that's yeah. not even a curse word. No, you know what I'm saying? Count. That's boring. That's boring. That doesn't count. Uh, but I mean, that's that's typically how I get down. I will tell you some of some of my catchphrases. I, I typically say that's what's up. You do. <laughs> you do. I'm I'm going I'm going probably 10, 13 years strong with the that's what's up. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's me in a nutshell. Man. No, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Do you, are you into quotes? Do you have any favorite quotes that uh, motivate you or you live by? Yeah, I, I would say the, the, the quote that keeps me really going is if, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I, I would say that that always challenges. It's the litmus test of how much am I depending on what I interpret to be my capacity versus what I know in my heart. And when we dream, right, like when we dream about the things that really inspire us and motivate us, many times, most of the time, they are beyond what may be our current capability. And so it just pushes me to keep, you know, thinking about how can I, how, how can I ascend to, yes. to, you know, what I believe to be uh, my calling, my, my, my MO in life. Right. So, yeah. so yeah, no, you, you just gotta, you're comfortable being outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Not all the time, but no. I, I mean, yeah. you know, even this, this current, this current role that I'm, I'm barking on is, uh, is something that is, is, is a bit scary in a little ways, man, but I'm, I'm like, yo, let's go, let's tangle, let's tangle yeah. with the yeah. lions. Right. And, and see what happens. So awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Do you have anything as part of your daily routine that people might find a little weird? Daily routine that I find as part of my routine? Um, uh, not necessarily. I, I will say that every day I always make sure to uh, to kiss my family. So my wife, my son, my daughter, they all get a kiss. Um, I do pray over them. I pray over them every day before I go go out to work. So maybe some folks might find that weird, but that's kind of just like, you know, I want, I love them so much. And, you know, you can, as a parent, like you can only do so much, right? You can only be there so long. And so I just literally hope and pray that, you know, they stay okay while daddy's away. So, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what's funny about that? I, um, I have a similar routine before I leave for, for the office. And I would say, I, uh, I know you love, you love your job and you're, we're kind of built from this. Like we we wake up excited to go to work. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. Which is an awesome litmus test just for life, right? But right, I would right. say the most depressing part of my day is always leaving home. Yeah, I think that that three minutes of yeah. like, and you're downstairs, you get everything ready, and then I find world's not coming down because he's taking ten minutes to get dressed that morning. Yeah, it's like, it's oh, like oh, I am definitely walking upstairs to say like, to him. <laughs> like, so just like, and I'm always like, man, I don't want to leave today. And then yeah. you get the car and you move on, but it's funny. I feel the same conflicted uh, vibe. Oh, right? yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, <laughs> what was your first job? What was, like, the first paying job you had? Yeah. So, I, I mean, man, we got to go back to – Yeah, like, no, I want, I want like, back. Like, I want the first time uh, legal tender was exchanged for your services. Yo, I am talking about, like, middle school yeah. – um, uh, raking leaves, snow blowing, uh, not snow blowing, shoveling yeah. with, uh, with them old school shovel things and just going to, like, we had a bunch of, uh, elderly folks in the neighborhood and we were like, man, we can make a killing. 
We can make a kill. Yeah. Let's just yeah. go up and down the block. Hey, do you need anything? Can, can I rake the, your leaves or can I, can I shovel your driveway or your, your front, you know, pathway? Um, so that was the first gig, man. For me, I, I, I don't mind getting my hands dirty yeah. and, uh, and, and really just rolling up my sleeve. So, uh, it was just fun. And I mean, as a kid making, you know, I don't know, 10 bucks, you know, for shoveling one person's right. like front yard, man, I'll take that all day. So many Sour Patch kids can be bought with $10. Come on. So <laughs> many Sour Patch kids. That is awesome. Now, I don't know this about you. Where'd you grow up? That's a great question, man. So I, um, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. But my family, we we're originally from Haiti. Okay. Uh, so we actually moved around a lot because I was a, a first generation American. And so my, my parents, when they immigrated here, they had me, let's call it six months later, and they were trying to figure out life. I'll, real yeah. quick, shout out to mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, they were both physicians in Haiti. And oh. Haiti was very volatile in the 70s and 80s for many political and uh, reasons. And they said, hey, you know, we're willing to give up our uh, our physician, our medical degrees to come to the U.S. because it's got to be better than here. Yeah. And they were doing well there, um, but they came here and they were, um, you know, they turned over their, their white coat and stethoscope to, you know, to drive taxi cabs and clean hotel rooms and, um and, uh, and so, yeah, we grew up, we lived a little all over, man. So we were in Miami, we were in Detroit, we were in Brooklyn, uh, on Long Island. And then we finally settled in Boston in 94, 95. Okay. And so I claim Boston as home because that's really what I've known for the majority of my life. And, you know, my parents ended up going back to school. Uh, they got their citizenship. They, uh, uh, got their master's in social work and uh, my pops just retired and uh, uh, my mom's uh, she's she's waiting she's she's getting ready to retire so oh, yeah so oh. that's that's it man oh. yeah now, now they both have some beautiful grandchildren too they oh, are uh, I didn't know that but, I mean that's like shiny I had goosebumps to you telling me that because when you were saying that because I was like that's the American dream like in it, a nutshell it, it is man that's it is and and, and people got to realize, man, like, you know, yes, we have our faults. I mean, I see the flag waving in the background over there, man. I don't know if that's this. <laughs> that's the plaza. I can't believe you can see that. That's plaza across the way. I got a good oh, camera, I guess. Come on, this. man. But, I mean, you know, that's what we hope for, right? Like, yeah. you know, in, in Haiti, they heard that, you know, the streets were paved with gold. In, yeah. uh, in the U.S. and uh, and I know that that's that's the same for many other folks, but uh, you know they came here and they made the the, the most of it. They've been you know home, proud homeowners for uh, almost thirty years now, and you know just just proud of them and, and the legacy that they've kind of blazed the trail for me and my family to follow. Oh, that's so inspiring. Now, do you yeah. how so? How did you get? I find it interesting to even start with like your whole uh, college experience, and I'd love to hear like the the ramp up. When I first met you, you were just getting back from being overseas as a consultant, but you yeah. went to school for biomedical engineering. Which I is, did. Which I is did. specific. Like, like, did you know that? Graduating yeah. high school, you wanted to do that? Or did you find your way? And, like, how'd that go? Because I think Man, that's this, a dope this podcast, I think, is going to have high school kids, college kids, yeah. and, then, and then all sorts of folks making career transitions or just looking for some motivation. Sure, so sure. if you don't mind just giving us the MO on, like, how you made that call. All right. So, so rule, first things first, man, 
no 17-year-old knows what they want to do for the no. rest of their life. No, no one. No I one that's 17 know 35. Bruh, nah, right? But that doesn't mean that we don't have an inclination towards one thing or another, right? Correct. So for me, um, being that my parents had this physician background, and they talked about medicine all the time growing up, so I, I kind of had a little bit of that, like, wanting to – uh, play around with mm. medicine or right. get into the medical field. But then I also enjoyed engineering, right? I enjoyed taking things apart, putting them back together. I mean, I think that's maybe that's all boys that we just like <laughs> messing right. stuff up. Right. And, uh, and so I, I knew that I wanted to kind of run in that space or I thought that I did. And I remember uh, looking at colleges and universities and saying, well, what colleges and universities offer something that I would be interested in and uh, what is affordable? Like at the end of the day, it ended up being that at that particular time, there was no state school that offered. I'm sorry, Massachusetts did not have a state institution that offered biomedical engineering. Right. But the University of Rhode Island did, and they offered what was called a regional program, which oh. is regional scholarship or regional tuition, which was, hey, if you're in New England and your state doesn't offer this, you can come here and learn it. And I was like, oh, that's dope. That's what's up. So why don't I jump into this field that I know I'm interested in? It's uh, It's got a tuition that, you know, we can work through. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed being at URI. I love the campus. I love the vibe. I love, you know, I had that quintessential quad where yeah. dudes throwing frisbees and dogs are running <laughs> up and catching it. And, you know, like, I mean, you just, you just enjoy that. And, you know, all the other things that come with college life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amen. Amen. <laughs> and then when you were there though, you graduated your biomedical degree, you, you first take a job at PepsiCo. Yes. But yes, like, yes. are you going engineering at this point? Like at this point, have you been like, you know, I dabbled in medical, but I like the engineering stuff more? That's a great question, right? So it was really in college that I found really what my lean was in terms of what I felt most passionate about. And okay. I took a lot of risks in college. Um, I, uh, uh, I I was an orientation leader. Yeah. I was RA. Um, I did intramural sports. I worked all throughout throughout college, um, and I ended up becoming the National Society, uh, the, the the chapter uh, the chapter president for the National Society of Black Engineers at URI. Oh, cool. And so I'm taking on all these leadership roles where yeah. helping drive initiatives, seeing things improve, watching people blossom, like all that stuff gave me life. It gave yeah. me so much life, and and I enjoyed the engineering. I still enjoyed the technical stuff, the math, the physics, the, all of that. But at the same time, I really enjoyed being able to inspire and give people hope, and being able to set the goal and set the mission. And so it was in, and it was, and that was happening in every sphere, right? As an RA, like how do I lead the people that are there and create a community? As an orientation leader, how do I uh, welcome people into the yeah. university? As the chapter president, how do I inspire people to think about, hey, there's a pipeline of success that we want to create for these um, uh, minority engineers in 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 elements and in in, in areas and fields that that they belong in, right? So seeing 
them uh, seeing people take that inspiration, take that hope, and, and, and run with it. I think that it just that just fueled me even more. So I remember uh, right before I went into PepsiCo, I took this opportunity with Engineering World Health Organization to mm-hmm. go abroad uh, uh, and and learn medical instrumentation, work in hospitals, fix medical equipment, devices, work with technicians and all that. And man, I had such a life-giving time, like talking to the nurses, talking to the doctors, working on that. But I felt like something was missing, like one element was missing from what I really wanted to do. And so, um, you know, then comes, you know, end of 2007, 2008, you're starting to hear some things about mortgages and what's going on. And uh, I ended up uh, having two opportunities. One was with Philips and one was with PepsiCo. And the Philips route was all technical. The PepsiCo route was all leadership. And I was like, man, I, I, I really want to go on this leadership thing. And so that's that was the, the journey that I took. And uh, so I had the honor of, you know, working for, for PepsiCo at their Frito-Lay facility. Um, shout out to Frito-Lay. There's nothing like a fresh chip right out of the tumbler. I'm going to that right I now. Can, man. I can imagine. Yeah, it's it's legit. It's legit. So uh, I, I, I ended up doing that and um, uh, went back and got my MBA because uh, I just really felt like, man, I need to know business. I want to mix that with the, the engineering and the leadership stuff and, and see where that takes me. So then how did you end up saying, I'm guessing during your time at Frito-Lay is when you went back and got your MBA, correct? That's exactly it, right? So I knew enough of technical terms through engineering um, studies and things that I did that I knew that I could tangle with the engineers, but I knew that I needed that business acumen. And the only way to do that was really to, to get that under my belt. So um, I had the opportunity to, I got promoted, took an opportunity in uh, Boston to work in uh, North the North Shore area, uh, went to Northeastern University, graduated from their uh, NBA, their high technology NBA program. Their shout out to Northeastern and all those folks. I learned a, a heck of, of a lot about business, finance, um, M&A. Uh, I mean, you just name it. Like, I mean, we, 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 we combed through all of it and uh, really just loved business. And so while I was doing that, um, all these professors are talking about these consulting opportunities. Uh, one of the professors actually helped create my M&Ms. You ever, you heard of my M&Ms where like you can get like your name or whatever? Customized, right? Yes. She was one of the guys on that project that helped put that together. Right. And I'm like, what? And he's, you know, getting paid whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And like, I like this thing. Yeah. I can do do that. Right. Like you go in, you help solve problems, you get paid for that. That's yeah. what's up. Yeah. And so um, that's how I found myself into in the consulting world. Okay. Uh, so I got to use the, you know, my uh, ingenuity and problem solving methodology along with business acumen in a consulting space. And that helped me travel all over. That's uh, awesome. So that oh, wait, was you, real quick, though, before we get into that. Because I know you did a ton of travel, and, and I think you were in France most recently, right before I met you, but I, that wasn't your only stop. How did you go from corporate America, though, to the consulting gig? Was that like your personal network? Did you just apply to jobs? Was it someone that came out of the network from Northeastern? Like, how did that go down? And so you, it, it's, that's a great question. So the first thing that you would have thought is, oh, it definitely has to be through Northeastern. Northeastern has a great co-op right. program. They have a great slew of, of, of connects and networks. Yeah. I'm sorry? 
the alumni network, I would guess. Oh, too. right. It's uh, legit, powerful. Right? Yeah. Um, and I thought that that's how it was going to happen. But to be honest, it didn't happen that way for me, man. Okay. And um, so initially, you know, you could think that that's discouraging. But I'm like, man, there's there's plenty of opportunities. So I just started Google searching. I started looking up um, different companies. And I and I found an organization that, that was based out of Dallas, Texas, that was willing to take me on as uh, as a management consultant. And uh, man, I learned so much. It, I mean, it took like everything that I had been learning at PepsiCo, at Frito-Lay, um, at, uh, in business school. And it just it just put it into real world practical solutions and practical um, uh, thinking. Yes. And so, I, I mean, it was it was it was perfect opportunity. It was a tough gig um, uh, because, like, I mean, you're I, I felt like I just learned so much. And like we were like maniacal about like getting things done. Um, uh, but it was such a fruitful, fruitful experience. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, the last project that I was on uh, took me to to France. And uh, we were in a town south of Paris called Dijon in the, the Burgundy region of France. And it was, ah, oh, man, it was, yo, you're Europeans, man. They, 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 they got the good thing going on with uh, their, their work-life culture and uh, just culture in general. We just had, uh, just had such a good time out there, man. How long were you there for? Interesting. Most of our projects were about five to six months. This project was seven months. Uh, okay. And that was partly because part of it went through the summertime. And come work. August, everybody shuts down. So we had to <laughs> we had to extend our project a little bit. But um, again, being that my family was from Haiti, uh, we yes. spoke French. And so uh, I, I was like brushing up on my French. And then by the end of it, man, we just feeling all francophile, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, that's so, so uh, cool. it was uh, it was cool. It was real cool. What so what happened along the way where you were like, all right, I'm doing this consulting gig and I'm having the time of my life it sounds like, but what was the motivation to be like I'm going to get out of this? So there was there was a, there was a couple of things. One is uh they actually let me go. Okay. At the end of the gig, uh the project ended and they weren't taking any more consultants on or they weren't okay. taking me on anyways. And um, I was like, oh, man, like, what am I going to do now? And we, we also had the, the timing of it. I'll be honest with you, uh, was, was was serendipitous because we had some family situations going on as well back home that really helped us feel confident about, hey, you know what, let's go home and let's just let's just start over. And uh, I remember coming back home uh and uh, we've been applying for different jobs, and this one gig at Kitta Fenwall popped up uh, on a with a, through a recruiter that I had found, and um, uh, I I was actually it's funny because with this new gig I was just looking at my old job description and old emails, and uh, just had a had an awesome opportunity to come to Kitta Fenwall and work with a phenomenal team, a phenomenal leadership group. And uh, and I've been here since I've been with yeah, right. Wall for the last five years. And it's been uh, man, it's been it's, a, it's been a blessing. I, I got to meet you through through our first stint uh, at right. my first career uh, job or posting here. And uh, it's been just been a lot of fun, man. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't, I didn't realize how that all transpired. And now and now you've got a new gig as of 24 hours ago. As of 24 hours ago. So when I first started with 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 uh, Kitta Fenwell, I was an operations supervisor. T uh, two years ago, I took on the 
role of supply chain manager, and now I'm uh, in the role of senior manager for business excellence, focusing on gross margin improvement for our business unit and another business unit in Norway. So will so, this have more travel? Will you be back in Norway some more? I, I, I anticipate at some point, you know, God willing, when, you know, COVID oh, yeah. is situation makes it a little easier to travel to, uh, to get out there and, 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 uh, and visit that team in person. So for yeah. sure, sure. That's definitely on the, on the map. How have you been doing? Um, like you have a son, you had a pregnant wife during COVID, you got a thriving career. That's like, and I know, kid, like, it's a demanding work environment in a good way, but like it's demand. Like you gotta, you gotta put the work in, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's no joke. Like, how has that been going? Like, how has managing that been? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I feel like. You know, for me, I, I, I just lean with a, a positive outlook on life, man. And, uh, and I feel like when, when you can learn to persevere in the good and the bad and the ugly situations, like there are certain things that come up and you're like, Hey, man, I'm, I'm battle tested, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, I'm, you know, we were, we were made for this, man. So I'm just coming out just, uh, uh, just looking at the opportunities amidst everything else that's going on. And I mean, I'll, straight up, man, Carrier, because Kidafin was part of Carrier, we've got some great opportunities that have been birthed out of this COVID situation. And so we're just locking and loading with the people, with our team, and really just trying to inspire the team to know that, hey, you know, we're grateful that we can even still be working, you know? Right. Um, uh, you see how many people have lost their lives and how many people have lost their jobs. Um, and to be able to, to, to be working, man, I, I can't complain about that. So I'm, I'm going to go even harder in the paint knowing right. that, you know, my, my wife is, you know, uh, right now it's, it's, this is the only, this is the only gig in, yeah, in there's no, right? Right. So, there's, there's no, there's no other, uh, there's no other way to go. Right. 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 So that's part of the, the motivation, motivating factor too. But, uh, yeah, man, just, just knowing that, like, I mean, every day, every day we, 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 we have the opportunity to breathe, man. Like we got to make the most of it. So I, yeah. I'm here, I'm clocking in and we're, uh, we're going to work. Do you, I love that, man. I love that. I, that's, I think that's why you and I have always hit it off. Cause it's like, Absolutely. it's so no BS, but. Right. How do I how do I say this? You don't you you never complain. Like like and this is not even the podcast, but like you just like when things go awry, right? And and we you know our partnership um, started in a manufacturing environment where like things go wrong, right? Like that that's the name of the game, or not the name of the game, but that's one of the things that happens. Yeah. And described you know leaving a consultant gig, and you're like, well, I got let go. There's never any like. I wish it happened like this or, you know, yeah, in true. hindsight, you just accept you like for me, yeah. it's striking. Like in our relationship, I've noticed like you've always been like, well, all right, that happened. How are we going to deal with it? Right. I'm interested to know, like, where do you get that level of acceptance? Like, was that something that was like parental or like, yeah. or like ingrained in you over time? Like, yeah. what, like where, where do you, do you think you have an idea of where that? Yeah. Comes I mean, I, I, Man, I, I, I mean, I, I believe in faith. I believe in yeah, destiny. God, I believe yeah. in God, right? And so yeah. for me, it's kind of like, you know what? I feel like I know that my confidence is in God. I feel like, yo, know, I'm just going to just plug forward and put my best foot forward. Um, cause I know that it's all gonna, for me, the end of the story has to be good. Right. So if it's if it if it's sucking right now, we're gonna keep on moving, man. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I don't want to stay in this place. Although there's been times where I've just been like, damn, man, this sucks. <laughs> this, is, this is, this is, I'm feeling tight right now, man. Like this right. is not the way I want it to be. But at the same time, I know. And let's keep moving forward. Let's, let's find the good in this opportunity. Let's learn from this. And then how do we, how do we, like, I, I, I look at my parents, bro. And I'm like, man, I got nothing to complain about, man. Like right. they were like from where they came from to what they did to, to, to be, man, I got no excuses, man. Like, like they've, they've taken away every excuse I got. So, yeah. um, I just feel like, man, like, why not see the good? Why not see the opportunity? Mm. Why? Cause honestly dwelling on all the stuff that I can't fix or I can't do right. Um, it, it does me no good if I don't learn from it. So, yes. uh, like, like let's, let's, let's learn from that. Right. And understand that, le- that life does go forward and it does move on. So let's, let's, let's do that. Keep let's going. do that somehow, some way, man. Keep going. I, uh, I love that. Do you- it makes me think of so many things, but do you, do you feel like I, I have the same sense? Like I, I know when I'm like a really strong, I always kind of just say to myself, ah, it's all going to work out. Yeah. Like, but, and like I used to like yeah. maybe not as much believe it in middle school or high school, sure, sure. but like I would just kind of repeated it as a mantra. And yeah. then like life kind of has just continued to work out. I and mean, it's super right. fortunate, right? Like I'm That's super awesome, grateful that it man. has. But like, do you find it difficult as a person who leads people every day? Not a, there's there's a good amount of the population that does not share the same sentiment with you. Absolutely, they, they, they do not yeah. think that it's always going to work out in the best way forward. Yeah. How do you handle that um, yeah. as a leader when yeah. you find out about those situations? Because I find oftentimes as a leader that they're not professional. They're yeah. they're, they're generally personal things going right. on, right. and like you're hearing people and they're pouring their heart out to you. And sometimes my gut reaction is like, don't worry, man, it's all going to work out. But like, I, I don't want to say that because it comes yeah. across like you're heartless. And it's like, but in reality, you're coming from a, a pretty healthy place. Yeah. But man, I, I, Mark, man, you hit, you hit it, man. I feel like the, the thing isn't about just washing it over saying, oh, it's going to work out. Like, you know, it's like, you know, someone's, yeah. you know, got a, uh, an arm dangling from a car accident. You're not going to be, oh, it's just, it's going to work out. Right. You just, you just. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I think there's an element of, bro, we got to confront reality. Like we yeah. got to confront reality. And I think what happens too, too often is that we don't want to confront the reality of the situation. We want to paint a broad stroke over and say, ah, it's going to be okay. But man, those are the things that end up creeping up on you two, three, four, five years down the line. And then yeah, you end up blowing off steam on someone about something that happened that you never resolved, man. It's like, man, we got to we gotta resolve these things that happen in life and we have to confront the reality of it. Now, that doesn't mean that that situation doesn't suck. That doesn't yeah. mean that it all in that particular moment feels like it's, it's perfect. But that just means, hey, I'm deciding, hey, I'm going to confront this issue. We're going to tackle it head on. We're going to examine all of the opportunities, the alternatives, the outlets, the paths that we can go. And we're going to say, hey, we got to make the most of this. We got to make the best of it because the alternative is denial. And uh, and for me, yeah. like, I don't want to live in denial and I, I certainly don't want my team to. So I think part of it is, hey, let's confront reality together. Right. And as a leader, painting the vision of what it should be, right? Like there's a there's a, a famous word that says, hey, without vision, people perish, right? And yeah. so for me, it's like, how do I paint 
a vision that people can gravitate to, right? How do I paint, paint something that people can say, you know what, like I can put my hope into something like that. Because now once you start painting the picture, people will start imagining with you, right? Yes. Or, or you can say, hey, guys, can you imagine what it would be like if we hit these metrics? And then people would be like, wow, yeah, that, that would be kind of dope. And like, well, well, how do we, how, how, how do we how do that? Do how do we make it real? Right. How, and, and really start, man, we all have a dreamer inside of us, man. This is why that, you know, my, that's one of my favorite, you know, quotes, right? Like we all have a dream inside of us, right? So how do we unlock that to really challenge ourselves to say, if we can dream, if we can really hope and then start putting it to paper, right? And yeah. Start putting it down and say, hey, how can I action on this, right? And, and it sounds corny or kind of like, you know, ethereal or whatever, but I mean, like, it's kind of like, like, like confronting the reality of the dream. Right. It's like the right. flip side of it almost. Come on, man. Come you on. I, I, did you struggle with, dude, I'm eating up everything you're saying, by the way. Did you struggle <laughs> with, like, I found it difficult to paint a vision early on as a leader because I felt like the examples that were given to me or that I read about were like Steve Jobs wanting a computer in every household. And I'm thinking like, okay, grandiose, grandiose. And then you hit it on the head being like, can you imagine what it'd be like if we hit our metrics every day? Which like sounds from the outside like, ugh, like right. your metrics. Right. <laughs> but in reality, like people generally care about what they do. And I found that what was huge for me was realizing that the vision doesn't have to be grandiose. It just yeah, has to be awesome. medium term, like just just a step forward. And then and then that gives you time to figure out what the next step is going to be. And they're going to color in the lines, too. Bro, that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. Right. Is like, how do I make it palatable for someone where they are? Right. Yes. And yes. meet them where they are, because the, the reality is is once you get there and once they th once they see that that is attainable then you can start saying all right that was great but what about what about this next level or the yes. upper echelon of like uh of you know dreams and hopes and goals and whatever and but i mean part of it is building the momentum right so i mean that's part of what you're doing is right is how do i build momentum so that people can start seeing hey this is possible like think about the phone for instance i i love this you talk about steve jobs right yeah. bro Think about the phone. At one point, everything you had to press a button, right? You had to press the button, and then he comes out with this iPod, and you spin it around, but you still right. get to press a button, right? Yeah. And then you get this screen that you don't have a button to press, but you just start touching it, right? Like, we, we were already, like, kind of, like, conditioned into yeah. this uh, evolution of, of technology, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's there, but it's, you know, sometimes you got to do it in, in steps. So yes, I'm I, think right that, I think that's, um, what's this, what's the, uh, the saying, it's like, you can't eat an elephant one bite. That's it. Right. And I think that's the same thing. Do you say something? It's I like say one bite at a time. Some, someone said that to me once and I was like, you know, like things just hit you. And that yeah. was like a perfect moment. I was like, I get it now. Because I'm yeah. definitely the type of guy where like I bite off way more than I can chew all the time. I mean, I live, I live choking on things I shouldn't be doing. Right? Oh man, I'm right there with you, right? bro. <laughs> so, but you got but you realize like when you start to step it back, it's like, okay, this is way more attainable, and I can do, and I can do such a better, such a better job along the way. So, um, hey, that's awesome. How? Uh, how are you going, or do you have plans for how you and the family are going to impart these same 
I'm going to call them mindset principles yeah. upon your children. Because, like, I, I oftentimes, the podcast, interestingly enough, has forced me to think, like, all right, I'm learning. All these people, like, fortunately, my kids will be able to listen to this. Like, right? Like, your kids will be able, they'll be able to listen to this one day, which is insane to even think about. But it's like, yeah, that that's so not enough. That's not enough to teach them what we want them to do because they have to live it. Have you, like, thought about ways you're going to try to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think – you know, the, the, the reality is, man, our kids pick this stuff up via osmosis, right? Like, yeah. like how you, like the, my, my first mission, right, is like, I, I fully believe that we are called to be whole, right? Like you heard the, the term shalom, shalom, like it means peace, right? But it's really wholeness, right? It's like okay. wholeness in every part of, of your life, wholeness in your mind, body, soul, spirit, community, finances, yeah. health. Like, so for me, it's like, I need to, I, I, I demonstrate that first through how I live. Like, yeah. man, one, one thing I, I got to say, shout out to Mark because my man is redefining the definition of dad bod. And so I'm <laughs> jumping on, I jumped on that train with you, man. So I, I'm down like 17 pounds. I love it. I can tell, yeah. dude. I was going to say something that I was like, I don't want him to think I'm It's all it's, yeah. that's all good, man. Yo, bro, I'm right there with you. It's a bit of a bromance thing. Whatever, man. Who cares? So, so I, I dig that about you, right? And so that inspired me. So I'm like, how do I, how do I, how do I really do this in my day to day? Just like, I got to start eating right. Okay. Right. Well, um, so for, for me, I feel like our kids get it first by what we do and then by what we say. I think and so right. for, for me, it's a, a lot of it is like, man, how do I, how do I treat my wife? Right? Like, how do I care for her? How do I, how do I honestly show her that I, I care about her? Right. And then how do I talk? Uh, how do I, you know, have fun and engage with my son? But then how do I emphasize that through what I say? And so I'm constantly trying to give him words of affirmation, not just to him, but things that he can say to himself. Right. Yes. Like I am smart. Yes. I am handsome. Right. Yeah. I can do this. Right. Uh, and there are times where like we got to check them. Right. Like you got to calibrate them. Like, no, yeah. that's, that's that's not how we that's. And one of the things that we talked about is uh, the Apollon family. These are the things that we stand for. Like, mm. you know, we care about each other. We care about our society. We care about our community. And we show that through, you know, how we love one another how we take care of the society and how we treat our, you know, our neighbors, let's call it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, man, it's such a dynamic thing, man, particularly as we're all dynamic learners, right? Like you learn through visuals, through experience, through reading, through whatever. And so for me, like right now, I think I'm in the exploration phase of like, I'm going to say it to my son. I'm going to show it to my son. Uh, right now he's, you know, trying to learn how to read and, and, and all that. So I'm, I'm, at some point, that'll be the thing, right? So I, I share stories. Um, so I, I, I'm honestly, I would say I'm in the experimentation phase, but I, I'm starting with my hope is by showing them how how to do it right. I think that I think that's um, perfect and selfishly maybe even something I needed to hear because I think sometimes you over I I can overanalyze and be like, am I doing enough? Yeah. Right. But then you realize, like, even just thinking about. I was just brainstorming to a degree when you were talking. It's like, I think I remember more about what my parents did than anything they ever said to me. And yeah, I think yeah. that it truly is what kind of shapes you. But yeah. um, 
For but sure. they're great. I mean, the questions are the answers, right? You got to be asking those. those That's questions. it, man. I love, man. Everything you're throwing out, man, are just amazing questions, man. This is awesome dialogue, bro. No, I I appreciate it. I, you know, it's so funny too because you mentioned the um the fitness piece, but like yeah. that wasn't on my radar. I think you know what I think actually. There was a couple podcasts I listened to that like made me feel like I was a kind of a piece of shit, and I was like, <laughs> it was one of those things where it was like, if you're not doing this, you're lazy, and I was like, I'm right. lazy, like, fuck. <laughs> and I like, I actually like got like, I will admit what triggered me was completely selfish and like being defensive, being like, I'm not gonna be lazy, like whatever. And then I saw a quote like, 18 months in or whatever that was like, imagine living your life and never. Uh, truly understanding what your body is capable of, you know? And I was like, whoa, okay. Like, I only got so many laps around the sun here. Wow. And so that is like what I actually whoa. think about on the days where like, you know, like after a holiday week, right? Yeah. You, you go to the gym five days a week, holiday week, you go twice. That first day back, you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm still yeah. in shape. I don't right, care. right, 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 right. <laughs> and then I just think of that quote, and I'm like, man, you got a whole lifetime, man. You're going to just waste it at this level of shape. And that's like, so for me, it's almost like contemplating um, dying, I guess, or like at the end is what yeah. motivates the day-to-day action, which is like super it's real. I'm on, I'm on a deep stoic philosophy kick recently, so that I mean it's all related, but like that's, that's kind of what's given me the general motivation recently. Dude, that's dope, man. I love it. I love it. It's man, weird. you got me inspired. Man, I'm about to go do some push-ups right now. Spot <laughs> right right. it out. <laughs> well, I, do you you mentioned all those things: community, finances, health, your family, yeah. your um, your neighbors. Like, yeah. You, how often do you take stock of that? Like, like do you do mm-hmm. assessments? Alone, Yo, that is such life. that is such a dope question, man. When I, I'll, I'll keep it keep it real with you, the when we first got married, we would take a stock of this every month. Yeah, every cool. month we would we would see, hey, you know, how how are you doing? How are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, how are our finances doing? <laughs> are, we, are we? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> how are we? You know, how's the community? Or like, how are we yeah. engaging in the community? Um. And that was something that, I mean, I, I think we need to get back on a regiment, but I, it's, it's become part of like our, like our, our daily or weekly like cadence almost. But yeah. to your point, there's something about like setting time aside yeah. to like being intentional to say, how are we doing on yes. this? Right. Instead of going into like this robotic like cadence or whatever. Right. Like, so yeah. I think that, um, uh, that's something that that I, I'm gonna take away from this. Well, though that and the quote about um, you know realizing your body's full potential. Those that's that's yeah. dope. Man. No, that's cool. You know what? I got something for you then because I the reason I asked was a little selfish and I've gotten away from it. Um, I've gotten away from it the la- over the summer honestly, but I have a notebook. It's uh, it's on Amazon. It's like called Next Next Level Daily Planner. Okay. And it, it makes you like write what you're grateful for in the morning. Yeah, uh, an affirmation every day, and then it makes you write out your plan. And like for me, the tactile, like I got a podcast at three right. o'clock. The Christian, like that's, yeah. I don't know why, but that's like good for me. Like yeah, better, better than just looking at it on my phone. Um, right. Right. But in it, it actually makes you rank things out of ten. Wow. So you can take like a score of where you're at, and then you can plan your next three months and nine months. Now, I must admit. I really just do the ranking and then I do the daily planner thing. Like I like that's where I'm at right now. And the daily planner, I want to say it lasts like 
maybe six months or something. So every six months I'm throwing it out or I'm, I actually keep them all, but I'm re-ranking. Okay. So that's how that's I'm doing it. Yeah. Now, in full disclosure, my wife thinks I'm fucking crazy, which, <laughs> which I don't think she's wrong, right? So I'm not, not going to disagree with yeah, her. That's what's but that's, I'll send you that after, but that's what Please I would do. And I just was interested to know, like, how you were doing it. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I will say one thing that I, I do that I do do, um, and I wish I had a, hold on one second. Let me see if I can find this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking through and I may not have it here with me, but, um, I've been, uh, Oh, I do have it here. I've been uh journaling and that's kind of, is that just a blank journal? It's just a blank journal. Huh. And it's just yeah. got, I mean, just a bunch of stuff. I'm almost done with this one. Yeah. This will be the fourth one that I filled up in um, in probably the last five years. Or All right, so. cool. So hold on. When did you start? You started five years ago. Yep. Why did you start doing it? I started doing, yo, real talk, but I, I started doing it because I just felt like it's important for me to be able to cement where I am at here, and then at some point be able to look back at it in the future. Mm-hmm. And it, for me, it was therapeutic. It was it was it was honestly just kind of like, uh, well, let me rewind. I I really felt like it was more therapeutic, like to to capture my thoughts in the moment and to like look at it and hold myself accountable. And then over the last four or five years, like I didn't know that I was gonna go to France and Mexico right. and you know take on this new gig and work in the Midwest and you know and and I'm looking back at it I'm like man there's so many antidotes here man of just like stuff that's happened in my life literal dreams that I've had um, that I've written down thoughts that I had about my son before he was born wow. right and now I'm like I'm like yo I want like this is a timepiece just like you're talking about the beers and po- uh, careers podcast like right. I'm like I can give this to my son and my son's sons and they'll be like, whoa, pops, grandpops did, yeah. you know, or said or was thinking. about." So um, now that I'm at this point, I'm like, wow, that that's kind of dope. But at the time, to be completely honest, I think it was more just therapeutic of just like mm, it'd be nice to just jot yeah. some thoughts down. But now it's like, man, it's uh, it's gold. That's, me, cool. it's, that's, yeah. real, that's really cool. I have not. It's actually part of that planner I mentioned. There's a section at the end of the day to journal. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like one out of ten. I like I'm, I can't get into the routine, but I uh, I like it, dude. That's that is yeah. a sweet that's a sweet thing. That's yeah. a really sweet thing for someone to yeah. find too. Like down yeah. the, and like, the the great part about this for me is that like I'm not doing this every day, bro. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. I'm not I'm not cranky. Yeah. So when you say when I I'm I'm right there with you, bro. Yeah. Like I'm not doing it every day, but when I do, I'm trying to capture you know that window of time. So I mean, there's at least something here. I'll call it maybe once or twice a month. Uh, that that or once or twice a season that yeah. is capturing like what's happening in that in that season. So. It's oh, uh, like that. that well for me, man. That's that's really cool. What are you experimenting with anything right now? You seem to be a guy, and I'm right there with you that likes to tweak for optimization, right? Yeah. So, like, are you yeah. With anything? So, um, in terms of exercise and nutrition, I've been tweaking a couple of things. I've been seeing a nutritionist and working oh. on working on that. And man, I'll, I'll keep it real with you, man. Like I, I was just not good at counting calories and stuff. Oh. And I'm still not good at counting calories, but like just the awareness 
that someone else is like holding me accountable for that uh has has been that in and of itself has been helpful and i mean it's it's uh helped me help me shed a lot of weight um so i've been i've been playing with that a little bit um i i would say that that's really the main thing that that's, i'm doing that's a big thing yeah yeah i would say that's the main thing i'm doing for myself i i would also say like different exercise routines now like i'm like I'm getting bored with certain routines, so I'm like, okay, well maybe I could do a little bit of yoga. Maybe I could start doing some pistol squats, and you right. know, all like maybe I could do more reps of pull up. You know, so I'm, right. I'm, I'm to your point, man. I'm constantly thinking like I'm, we we gotta be reinventing ourselves, man. There's no way that you and I are the same people we were ten years ago, no. twenty. Right. Like it just it just isn't possible. And so I'm like, man, my best years are now and my hope is they're ahead because of what I do. I'm like, man, let's just let's 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 motivate. Let's hustle and motivate. Right. Better than yesterday. Just better. Just better than yesterday. That's exact. But you know what? People people get so much into their heads about like, ah, it doesn't look like the finished product that they get stuck on not being able to see that I could just do this today right i could do just this today and you know come what may afterwards it's so true i well there's a uh it's so funny you said that last night i was just scrolling through twitter at the end of the day yeah there's a tweet that was like a bad day at the gym sure beats a great day on the couch come on it's just like one percent better every day i'm gonna get you on a whoop dude i know i mentioned it to you when we had beer Remember yeah, the loop thing? Yeah, you're, man. You're, you're destined. You're destined. Okay, you're destined for that. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Do you feel like? Do you feel like when you're looking back, and not that not that we're not that we're that old, but like when you've looked back on your career, have there been like any big uh, failure moments that you deemed failure? At, I'm saying you only deemed it as failure probably at that moment, but yeah. maybe you draw on for strength yeah. now. Do you have yeah. any like that? For sure, for sure. Um, I I um I would say there were where there would be a couple of times. I I for me um getting let go um is definitely a moment where like you feel like man like could I have done something differently? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, like like we had no plan B, right? Like our like we had no plan B. Our 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 world was literally in a suitcase yeah. and hopping from like, you know, one hotel or one, you know, apartment that we were renting in France to, you know, uh, uh, honestly, it ended up being at my parents' house for a couple of months before we, you know, we were able to stabilize. And I felt like, man, like here I am like this, uh, this guy who just got married. And I was thinking about it from her dad's perspective. Like, yeah. Gave yeah. I just, I just gave you my daughter and you're gonna like be a bum. You know what I mean? Like, like that's kind of how I was thinking. It was just like, yeah, man, like, yo, I'm feeling tight right now. I'm feeling that's, that's, that's not a good feeling. So I felt like that was a moment of, 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 of failure in that, in that very moment. Um, and honestly, like there was probably like a, there, I'll actually tell you. Can I tell you an awesome story? I know that we're probably going over time. No, man. There are no rules. There so, are no rules. So keep, keep game, right? So the day that I got let go from the gig in in Dijon, France, right? Yeah. I hop on the train because I was supposed to drive back with my wife and my colleague to the to the airport, right? 
my boss was like, yeah, find your own way home. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go to the to the station. We get our tickets, right, to get on the train. And in France, like, you don't just get a ticket to jump on any train. Like, you get a ticket to jump on this train yes. at this time on this particular cart. Like, you have a train for that cart. So we, we jump on the train that we're on. And I get into this conversation with this kid from Saskatchewan, Canada, yeah. right? Um, and He's the, I mean, he's like, you guys speak English? And we're like, yeah, you speak English? So we're having this conversation. We're talking about just life. And yeah. he's like, he's like, uh, so what do you guys, where, where do you, where are you guys headed? And we're like, home. And, uh, like, well, what are you, what are you going home to do? And like, I, I don't know. Oh. Right. And he, and we say, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm just trying to figure out life. Yeah. And like, like it was like this cross section of two people just trying to like, figure out life at the same time and man we just had a dope moment like i mean there were literal tears yeah. uh during the That's conversation because it just felt so so like divine right Surreal. and uh, yeah. and, uh I've, we kept in touch with him and he's gone on to do amazing things uh he's working in the community like he's been in australia and perth and and different places around the world helping communities giving back and um it's just like man like that happened six hours ago Six hours later, I'm having this conversation. Actually, like three hours. Three hours later, I'm having this conversation with this kid about what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? What is the next thing? And that just really gave me that inspiration to be like, man, things aren't as coincidental as it seems. And right. like, let's take these moments, right? These intersections to really be present for the moment and figure out how do we forge ahead. So, um, I love, I love, and it probably grounded you and been like, ah, life's not that bad. That's, that's, that's exactly life's not that bad. Life's not that bad. Like I, I joke with some of my close friends, uh, we're having bad moments and like, you know, I'm tight enough to kind of poke fun at even when they're having bad moments. Like, dude, just yeah. remember we're on a gigantic rock in the solar system hurling through outer space. Like, <laughs> like you don't matter. We don't matter. Like, you know, like don't be upset. That's and I think so it just, true, you got to ground yourself in that. I will ask you, uh, and I love, I feel like, um, I feel like our relationship maybe started just talking about travel back in the day, even, but yeah. like, do you feel, and not not from the political sense, but do you yeah. feel like you appreciate uh, our country more? And the reason I'm asking this is because I do, so I'm yeah. leading the witness. But I feel yeah. like I appreciate our country more because I've been fortunate enough to travel. Yeah. Like, like I think, like I love other com I love other countries' cultures, and I've got a ton of friends I stay in touch with in Australia and in Canada and across the world. But like, it almost makes me more grateful that I'm here at times, which is like, I know selfish to say to you because we're all citizens of the world, but do you, yeah. feel, do you feel similar? I, I, Where I, I, I would say that I, I've, yes, yes, I feel appreciative for being an American and just the, the, like, like being able to show that passport, right? right? Like, right. like, like right. people will look at you a little differently than perhaps if they, if they, if you did with another one. Um, I absolutely feel appreciative for, for being American, for yeah. being in America, for having the opportunities that being in America affords. Yeah. Um, I would say that I, there's beauties that I've found in all these other cultures that I've been fortunate enough to visit, uh, that I'm like, man, like we could really benefit 
yes. from having yes. some of these ideals or practices or whatever. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a balance, man. Like uh, I, I for me, I, I felt like there are certain things that man I absolutely loved about France, and if if I have the opportunity to to work abroad, I I, I will probably take it. Yeah. Um, but um, man, I I mean, there's a comfort. Yes, for for being able to 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 be here in the states, and uh, I I do enjoy it, man. I I would be remiss to say that I'm fortunate and blessed to have the opportunities that that we've been afforded, uh, uh, being being in America. But don't you feel like you take? But don't you feel like you take those cultural things that you love from outside the U.S. And although you like, I know what you're saying because like when I lived in Australia. Shit was closed on Sundays, like it was in yeah. the 1960s here, right? Yeah, like shit was right, closed. Right, right. The things you, you went to church and you hung out with your family. That's it. Like, <laughs> and like, I, like one guy's opinion out of the 350 million people in America, we could probably use that. We could right. probably use slow Sundays, <laughs> hanging out with our families. Yeah, slow down a little bit, right? But, yeah. but, um, but don't like. Aside from those like huge sweeping societal things, don't you feel like yeah. you take that stuff and you just bring it home and like you kind of yeah. incorporate it into your, that's you know, like, your pollen that's, family that's culture? Exactly, that's exactly it, right? It's like you know, like I can be in the United States and have you know a collection of yes. a state of mind or state of being that I get to adopt and you know share with my family or friends. Um, one thing I'll say is I came back shaking every person's hand every time I met them because in France they're very formal. Like you shake yes. everyone's hand, yeah. kiss on all the cheeks, and people were kind of looking at me like, you just shook my hand. Yeah, we just saw it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's there's some element of, all right, man, well, you got to just chill. Man. Like, it's, not that, it's not that serious, bro. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you take, you take the good with the, you take the good and, and you transfer it and what sticks will and what won't is, you know, you just gotta, just gotta let it be. So. Christian Apollon, dude, uh, we, we probably gotta end it there. That's an awesome way to end it. Dude, I can't wait to do this again with actual beers in our hands. Come on. Or, or that, or that gin and tonic. I'll I'll buy you gin and tonic. Uh, (laughs) but dude, that was a really insightful conversation. I love catching up with you and I can't wait to see you around town, my man. My pleasure, man. It was an honor being on here with you. Thank you so much. Dude, say hi to the fam and and Godspeed with the little one at home. Thank you. That's the the best whirlwind ever. That's it, man. That's it. All right. Same to you and your family too, bro. Take it easy. All right. Peace. (laughs) 